Our scripture passage today comes from the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, verse 12 and then 18 through 26. Hear now the word of God. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. In fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable we treat with special honor, and the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Last week I was in the car driving my daughter to school, and she's singing along to the radio as she often does, undeterred by the fact that she doesn't know the words. So it's, you are And I can't judge her for this trait because that's also what I do. (laughs) So we are together singing along to the radio to songs we don't know. And I'm enjoying it. And we turn off Broad Street when suddenly my eye, my left eye, begins speaking. And it says loudly to no one in particular, can you believe what a mess that hand is? Almost always dirty, completely blind. If I wasn't here, there's no telling what trouble it would get into. Now, I was more than a little shocked to hear my left eye speaking, or I would have been quicker to jump to my hand's defense, which is why I didn't cut in before my hand continued. What's more, it looks ridiculous. Put a ring on it if you want, but with those finger things wiggling around, it just looks like a deformed octopus. Now, my ears thought that was hilarious. Giggling, until my eye piped up. You ears think you're any better? I've seen you in the mirror. You look like some kind of shriveled fruit glued to the side of the head. For all I care, you and the hand can take a hike and never come back. At which point, understandably, my ears folded over in shame, but my left hand took the invitation literally, and it slipped off the steering wheel and rolled down the window and gestured at my right hand before it popped off my arm and hopped out the window. My right hand made a gesture as though to say, what can you do? And it popped off after it. All of which had been extremely disorienting. But I couldn't really stop to process it all because it's the carpool drop-off line and it stops for nothing. (laughs) So now I'm trying to drive with stubs instead of hands, which I can assure you is substantially more difficult. And I'm creeping through the carpool line at a snail's pace, which is when my stomach decides to weigh in. Nice one, I. 
In case you didn't notice, he forgot to have breakfast this morning. We're all starving here. And he's got the snacks in the council. Want to explain how he's going to open the council with the stubs? Want to explain how he's going to open the crackers with the stubs? Congrats, I. Now you've ruined everything. And my eye shoots back, be quiet, stomach. You've got no idea what it's like here on the outside, so just stop talking before something happens. Is that a threat? What are you going to do, I? Blink at me? Well, that sets my eye off, and it gives up on watching the road and rolls into the back of my head. I assume to better yell at my stomach, words that don't bear repeating in polite company. My stomach replies the only way it knows how, by hurling digestive acid the wrong direction. So now my throat is burning. I can't see where I'm going as I'm driving through the carpool lane with stumps because my hands have resigned. My ears had given up or I might have heard the teachers screaming to stop as I rolled into Caldwell Elementary, literally at a leisurely five miles per hour, straight through the front doors. Have a good day, I said to my daughter as she hopped out of the car, shoes crunching broken glass. It's a ridiculous story, right? The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, because fortunately the eye cannot speak. The eye does what the head tells it to. Look here, blink, pay attention, close to sleep. The eye doesn't really have a choice. But if it did, it would still be ridiculous for the eye to think it didn't need the rest of the body. The eye can see, but an eye cannot hold a steering wheel. It cannot digest food, or hear, or give a hug, or walk. The eye cannot do it. The eye is not enough. It needs help. The eye needs the rest of the body. Because the eye by itself is not enough. And so it is with Christ. We are one body and Christ is the head holding us all together, giving us vision and direction and wisdom and we make up the body. So, It should be ridiculous to have the eye judging the hand, so the hand ups and leaves, and the ears are ashamed, so they're hiding instead of listening, and the stomach is antagonizing instead of explaining it's hungry. Because none of them are enough by themselves, it would be ridiculous. But it's not ridiculous. It's normal in churches and in families, on sports teams, at work, We know by ourselves we are not enough. We could not accomplish everything that needs to be accomplished alone. We don't have all the gifts. We need each other. We rise and we fall together. But the way we treat each other doesn't always look that way. Paul tells us the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. But it does. The eye is not enough by itself, but that doesn't stop it from making fun of the hand. The quarterback needs linebackers to win the football game, but that might not stop him from calling them worthless. Teenagers say it to parents. Employees say it to managers. Parents tell it to teachers. Citizens say it to governments. On our worst days, we say it to God. I don't need you. You're a distraction. You're annoying. You're doing it wrong. I don't need you. And Paul tells us, the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. But it does. 
And then Paul says, the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. And that one should really get your attention. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. It should get our attention because Paul says Christ is the head. Jesus is the head of the body, but the head, Jesus Christ, King of the world, Son of God, the head of the body can't say to the feet, the dirtiest, tiredest, smelliest part of the body, I don't need you. That's weird. God has this grand vision of saving us from ourselves, starting with the incredible sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, dying to forgive us, dying so the Holy Spirit can live in us, unleashing the power of God on the world so God could save us from ourselves. And now the power of God is being unleashed on the world through the body. And the head is Jesus. But God has designed this body in such a way that the vision, the mission, God's plan of salvation no longer just depends on Jesus. The head, Jesus, cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. Not even Jesus can say, I don't need you. So now the mission depends on you. It depends on the person sitting next to you. It depends on the young and the old and the committed. And the mission depends on the presence of those who aren't here yet. It depends on us. But it doesn't just depend on us being faithful alone, doing our devotional and our prayer time. It depends on us being the body. God's mission depends on us being the body. And God has cast this vision for the world, this vision we call heaven, and his plan to roll it out, his plan to make it real, to bring it to your neighborhood, that plan depends on us being a body. I don't like to criticize God, but that seems like a stupid way to do this. God took the most important mission in history and intentionally, not by necessity, but by choice, intentionally made it so it would depend on me and on you and on us. But that's the plan. It's why you are not enough to do this alone. You are not. And you know how I know it's because God made it so not even Christ is enough. You are not enough, and I am not enough. We need each other. We need each other. We need to be like a body, and that's hard. So I want to talk about two reasons it's hard. First of all, it means none of us gets to be the head. Christ is the head. And so the way our church should make decisions isn't by preference or tradition or popularity or trends. It's by listening to Christ, the head of the body. And as Presbyterians, each year we elect a group whose job is to do that. To listen and then to direct the body. To listen for what God is calling us to do and to lead the body in responding. And the rest of the body, our job is to listen and then play our role in bringing God's kingdom to our neighborhood and our town and our schools into our homes and our hospitals. And that's hard. 
to let go of my agenda and my preference and what I want and to listen to the head. That's hard to trust and to follow, to play our part. It's hard. But it's necessary. Because the second piece of this is we need to play our role. And all roles have limits. On Sunday mornings, part of my job is to do what I'm doing. Many of you are glad this is not your job. Part of my job is to be the mouth. So over the course of a week, I pray, and I spend time with you all, and I read the scriptures, and then I speak as best I can what God is calling me to speak. But that's all I should speak. I don't get up here and espouse my political affiliations or bemoan some personal crisis because when I speak, I'm not just speaking me. I'm the mouth of the body. And when I speak, I speak on behalf of the body. So when I run out of things I'm hearing from the head, my job is to keep my mouth shut. Because the world doesn't need my words. The world needs Christ's words. Now when I go to Food for Thought this Wednesday, I will have a different role. I'm not the professional. Beth Manon has however many years of education experience and know-how. I'm not the head. I don't plan it. I'm not the mouth. I keep my mouth shut. I am a hand. Beth Manon tells me do this, so I do that. She tells me, and I do. Because we all have roles, and those roles change. They shift. That doesn't mean we get to say, I did my time, I played my role, and hang up our towel, Christian service accomplished for a lifetime. It means we need to discern how the body needs us now. We change hats. We change roles. But to fully achieve this mission God is giving us, it takes every one of us. God has given you gifts that this body needs. Just you gifts that this body needs. So this takes us doing the thing God equips us to do. And it also requires us letting the body help us in ways we need help. I hope this is freeing for you. Can you imagine if your eye was distraught and discouraged because it couldn't eat and digest food? Can you imagine criticizing someone's eye for being unable to eat and digest food? But how often do we criticize ourselves as Christians for not having all the gifts? That's not how it's supposed to be. The eye shouldn't say to the mouth, I don't need you, and you shouldn't be discouraged. You're not good at everything it takes to be a Christian because everything isn't your job. Sunday school and Bible study, there are these opportunities for you to show up and let other members of the body work for you. You don't even have to study yourself. If studying isn't your gift, you can come and receive to let someone serve you in ways that God has equipped them. On Sunday morning, the choir and Carolyn and the pastors, whoever else, we work together to lead this body in worship using the gifts God has given us. You may need someone to pray with you, someone to listen. You may need advice. You may need a mentor or wisdom. You may need help serving and making an impact. 
And God has equipped someone to do that for you. I need this church. The road my wife and I have walked over the past ten months has made that abundantly clear. We have not been enough. But the church has. You are not enough. But the body is. And you are a part of this body. But just a part. You are not enough by yourself, but you are an essential part of this body. You need the body. And the body, this church, it needs you. So I want to ask you this morning. What more could be happening if this church had more of you? What more could God be doing if this church had more of you, of your gifts, of the flavor God has given you? What way could the kingdom be exploding and growing into our neighborhoods, in our schools, into our brothers and sisters in the pews, if this church had more of you? And what do you need from this church? What do you need? Because heaven isn't here yet. This matters because heaven isn't here yet. And we have people who sit in their homes wondering if they are loved or forgotten. And God has equipped someone to say you are loved and you are not forgotten. And we have teens who are looking at the world wondering where the hope is hiding. And we have people thirsty for knowledge and truth and they just need a teacher. And we have families who are desperate. They are desperate for someone to carry their name in prayer. The opportunities are here. The needs are here. But we need our bodies. Could you do something for me? Could you look at your hand? I'm going to actually... Could you... Is anyone's hand perfect? Anybody? Perfect hand? Do you disqualify your hand from service because it's not perfect? God doesn't either. You are not perfect, but we don't need perfect. We need each part to play the role it's been given. We just need people. What we need is you. This begins by listening to the head. Christ is in charge, which means we leave our agendas at the door. And it means we find the role we're meant to play. What we give and what we receive. Think about your body and how it's always communicating. It's always saying, here's what I have and here's what I need. It's what we need to do for each other. We need to use our words to say, I need this. I have this. Because our words can divide the body. And it will leave us trying to drive with stubs instead of hands, ears folded over, and stomach spitting digestive acid the wrong direction. It happens in families. It happens at work. It happens on teams and at school. And it even happens at church. But it's not how we're meant to be. I'm going to invite Aiden Tubbs forward. And we're going to do a little demonstration. Are you ready? Sometimes this image of the body of Christ gets used uh, a lot. 
And I thought maybe we would just take this moment for our application section and we would embody what that might look like. Does that seem fair? Aiden, can you close your eyes, please? Thank you. Aiden, uh, can you go touch Adair Holmes, please? So Aiden has been tasked with a thing to give care to Adair Holland. First of all, she's really slow, is she not? <laughs> Second of all, what are her hands doing? They're not serving. They're protecting her. <laughs> That's perfect. Thank you, Aiden. Back to the front. One part goes away, just the eyes. But because of that, the hands aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. The feet isn't, aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. She's moving slower, and she almost punched a deer in the head. <laughs> Nothing went correct. Okay. Second of all, this one, um, we're thinking, uh, no hands. Could you please just uh, move this board for me, just against this wall? No hands, please. So the body, we're called to serve and to take care of people, and certain people... <laughs> have been given gifts to serve in different ways. Wow, hey, that was pretty good, though. We can... <laughs> now it's falling over. When the person who's been equipped for a certain serving isn't there, someone else ends up doing it differently. Right? The last one. Will you stand right in the middle for me? Uh, can you have each of your legs walk in a separate direction, please? <laughs> One, okay, where is she going to go? Nowhere. What's going to happen? Pain, right? Discomfort, pain, thank you. You can grab a seat. It happens at work with divided vision. It happens in families. It happens at church. Different parts following a different head. And it splits. It splits. Christ is the head because it's necessary. Thank you. That was great. So what I want you to do for your application is if you look in your bulletin. Mine is literally gone. I'm going to have to ask for help. What's the line it says for application? Perfect. What gift do you bring to the body? I want you to write that down. To actually write it down because you bring a thing that God's vision needs and it won't happen without you. The body has been designed to need you. So what do you bring? I want you to add one other thing. What do you need? You have not been designed to be sufficient by yourself. You need the body. What do you need from the body? Is it a way to serve? Is it guidance? Is it a mentor? Is it comfort? Is it prayer? What do you need? Our conviction is that as we take those things together, God will unite us more and more. We will experience fuller life together. And that the kingdom of God will come to our homes, in our neighborhood, and to this town in richer and fuller ways. Let's pray together. 
God, we acknowledge how much easier it is to pretend we are enough by ourselves. We acknowledge how much easier it is to follow our own vision, our own plan, to walk in pride instead of humility. But Lord, we pause and we think of the people around us, we think of this church and we realize that you have gifted us for something incredible. So we ask that you would give us wisdom, humility, and boldness to each find our place, to confess what we have to offer, and to confess that we need, that we might be a faithful witness to you in this world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.